Today on Off Tackle Empire, a quick turnaround on the scheduling alliance as two middling ACC challengers step forward. Two Big Ten powers import Pacific Northwest opponents. Buckeyes, Ducks, Wolverines, Huskies, High Resolution, El Asico, and also nine other games for the non-con is dark and full of content. Your source for Big Ten talk, it's Off Tackle Empire! Welcome back to Off Tackle Empire. We're going to talk Big Ten, we're going to talk Off Tackle, Off Tackle Empire, uh, your SB Nation home for uh, the way SB Nation used to be like 10 years ago, um, before they wanted y'all to pivot to video and move the conversation to Twitter and, you know, just move to bigger platforms for commenting owned by bigger and better media companies. Hang out in our old commenting section and it whacks for a simpler internet. Commenting format really is like 80% of what we do here. And and we wrapped up our recap of week one without talking about the rest of the country. So we're going to get to that. Thursday night, what we had was UCF rally to beat Boise State after their message boards had called for Gus Malzahn to be fired in the second quarter <laughs> behind uh, 32 carries from Isaiah Bowser for 170 yards. Uh, I thought he was going to be in a huge backfield committee with Gus Malzahn's did you guys Scarlet Did Knight. you guys jettison him from your... We did. Oh, oh yeah. No, we did. Oh, he's, dear. He's gone. Oh, jeez. Um, oh, we instead have uh, Stanford's Austin Jones, who... Mm. Um, Stan- yeah. Stanford bad, so... Stanford is very bad. Um, they struggled to put up any points against Kansas State uh, as they were both speedrunning that game. I think that game took around two and a half hours. Um, elsewhere... We had some FCS wins over FBS. Uh, UC Davis beat Tulsa. And then you had uh, what, South Dakota State just mollywop Steve Adazio's Colorado State Rams. But that wasn't anywhere near the worst one. No, the worst one was what happened to poor Vanderbilt. Uh, East Tennessee State beat them 23-3. to I kind of feel like Washington losing to Montana as a ranked opponent is... As ranked team is worse than that because oh, that's very was, bad. Everyone was looking like nobody looks at Vanderbilt when that kind of shit happens. You found an interesting data bit about that Vanderbilt um, East Tennessee game, though, didn't you? I did. I wish I still had this up, but what what we found is that a linebacker for East Tennessee State, who is an eighth year senior whose name I cannot recall, also played in. Derek Mason's coaching debut for Vanderbilt in 24, or no, 2014 on the side of Temple. So that's, uh, that's just a guy who lives to ruin Vandy coaching debuts. There's a, there was a Twitter citation for that somewhere that we got to try to find so that we're appropriately referencing our sources. But yeah, that's an unbelievable spread of time for a guy to be still playing college football. I mean, that... My goodness, that's like, well, I mean, Jalen Coleman Lands is still around in college basketball, is he not? I don't know. Is he really? Because he was also. I guess to... look. I guess if he played last year. Yeah, he could still be around. He came last year didn't count. He came in with Leron Black in 2014. <coughs> that's nuts. So that's 
It's a similar situation going on. Um, anyway, uh, Oklahoma was given all they could handle by Big Willie style. Willie Fritz uh, going on the road home game due to uh, Hurricane Ida um, had a shot to actually go and score a touchdown. They had the ball down five after getting an onside kick uh, after holding Oklahoma to at, at 40. They, they had, I think, six second-half points did the Sooners. Here's the, here's ultimately the, came up short. Here's a persistent question I have with Oklahoma, which you know everyone regards Lincoln Riley as one of the best play callers and quarterback, quarterback developers in all of the game of football, pro or college. They have a never-ending stream of wide receivers, offensive linemen, running backs. Why can't they find anyone who can tackle? Why can't they find a linebacker? Why can't they find one? Li- like, you can't get a transfer from Iowa who's not playing enough to come and just tackle guys in the run game. You can't find anyone who can tackle after this amount of time still. That's yeah. all I have to say about that. Well, I mean, Alex Grinch was uh, praised for doing better things, but it hasn't really led to them uh, solidifying things a bit. I mean, I mean... Nobody that they hire at defensive coordinator is going to unlose that Rose Bowl to Georgia. Yeah. Um, speaking yeah. of Georgia, who cares? They beat Clemson ten to three, and there wasn't an offensive touchdown. Um, I don't particularly care. Uh, moving on, nah. uh, Iowa State struggled with Northern Iowa. I thought they would because they always do. Uh, the ass game is going to be fun. Oregon was unimpressive against Fresno State. Uh, that will come. That will become relevant later. Uh, of course, Washington losing at home, scoring seven points as number twenty to the Montana Grizz. Yeah, they had some serious attrition in their wide receiver room in the off season, such that you could see their. Well, we're we're getting a little bit into the pre. Well, you know what? Why don't we just transition this into the preview of the game against Michigan? I'll tell you why we don't. Because, alas, poor Edsel. We knew him well. Holy Cross 38, UConn 28, Randy Edsel decided that he was going to retire at the end of the okay, season. Okay, we can also talk about that when we talk about their matchup with Purdue this week. So <laughs> maybe let me transition. Man, Spoiler I, alert. I will not. Look, far be it for me to come in the way of your transition. I am not here to judge. I'm here to be supportive. Just let me be who I am. Um, so, all right, I, we'll, we'll just go back to the top and run through, again, in chronological order. So for that, your, your punishment is you have to talk about your team first. Because you kick off at 11 Eastern. Yeah. Um, Why? I have no idea. You went and glossed over Rocky Lombardi beating, leading an upset. So anyway, Shh. Illinois at Virginia. Can't talk about it yet. <laughs> Soon. I mean, I really don't know why it's 11. Uh, we're on ACC Network, which I think we get. Um I mean, I, I guess maybe I don't. I don't know that it would have mattered. I mean, Virginia played William and Mary. We would have been two and zero with wins over UTSA and Nebraska. Would Never you still? Would you do. still feel the same way if you had won that UTSA game? If it had been close, would you feel the same way about this? Or would you? Or would you think because you would have broken the trend of the loss to the G five team that maybe things are different on the road against P five also? Yeah. I definitely would have thought that a bit. I mean, historical trends are not our, our, our friend here because mm. we talk about any non-conference road game. The only ones that we've won in the last 20 years were when we were good the one year in the last 20 years. In 2007, we beat Syracuse. 
pretty handily on the road. And then we beat uh, we we beat UConn with a rally against their freshman quarterback starting his first game. We came back to beat UConn. Those are our only two road wins against non-conference opponents in the last twenty years. Is that same quarterback still playing for UConn? He is. Z something. Something very Greek sounding. Um, yeah. All right. I mean. Substantively, I don't know that there's much else to say about it. Like, as, as we said, <laughs> Illinois' defense was not always going to be able to take advantage of the opposing coach just not understanding what they would run. So I certainly don't like the matchup of a guy with all of Bryce Perkins' physical abilities running the exact same system as Bryce Perkins. Um, so I don't know. I think this is going to be like maybe real bad, like maybe wheels fall off bad, and it's not ultimately going to matter. I don't think Brandon Peters is going to play. Uh, Chase Brown should be back, but um, I don't really know what to make of this. I just want to, I just want to get through this. I want to figure out what what game I want to go to. If it's still Maryland, it probably isn't. Um, uh, we're we're gonna get vaporized. Uh, Youngstown State at Michigan State. So shouldn't be much to see here. Youngstown State's not really a serious FCS threat on paper. Um, I would expect given what they showed against Northwestern's run defense last week, that this is probably a relatively drama-free game for Michigan State. I certainly hope it is. I got stuff to do on Saturday. Uh, Ideally, this is not a game where they sort out the passing game because they don't have to, and they're able to get their depth some reps and rest the starters ahead of next week's trip to Miami. Um, Yes, that Miami, because it's certainly going to be a lot harder there. Um, I couldn't name a single player for you on Youngstown State, and I read something about them earlier today. So n- none of those names stuck. This is not the Youngstown State that uh, goes in and bothers Pittsburgh. Uh, this is this is just this is just an FCS team. This is just a bunch of Penguins, man. Um, so that being said, we have we do have multiple other games that are like that this year or this week rather. Indiana State at Northwestern. I look. I defy Northwestern to lose this game. But I, I guarantee you that if they lose to the Sycamores, who, are they still coached by Kurt Mallory? I certainly don't know. If they lose to the Sycamores, then I guarantee you they are going to win the West. Oh, yeah. Kurt Mallory is the Indiana State head coach. Of course, the uh, son of Indiana legend Bill Mallory. The uh, guy that had them in the top 25 last. Yeah. So, Indiana may have a vested interest in that game, but not a strong one. Um, Minnesota should not get any challenge from Miami of Ohio, who I don't know if they even scored against Cincinnati, although Cincinnati's going to be very good. But, wow, Miami of Ohio's schedule is kind of brutal to kick off the year. Yeah, you know, they do still have a Gabbert at quarterback. Um They've got some decent receiving talent. I'm, I, I'm going back and reading the thing I read. Okay, um, they still have Dak Sorensen. They still have a pretty good offensive line. Probably not going to be as good as they were last year. Um, Kevin Davis is a pretty good running back as far as Matt guys go. Anytime you well, basically, if you're Minnesota's defense, anytime you see a returning quarterback who is any good at all, you should be concerned. I would think Minnesota will be able to get whatever they want on the ground. And remember, um, Miami only played three games last year, so it, it's kind of hard to um, 
it's kind of hard to know what to make of them. They have 10 guys coming back on defense, but they played um, the two stronger teams in the MAC last season in Ball State and Buffalo, and they lost to both of them. So I don't know what to think of Miami. Do you? <laughs> Absolutely not. Um, Rutger cues. Rutgers seeks vengeance against another former Big East conference mate. Yeah, and once again, so the, the the data point you have for Syracuse is they had a 20-point win over Ohio on the road in Week 3. They agreed to go to Athens, Ohio at some point. So you, you question the decision-making there, generally speaking. I mean, we played at UConn two years ago, so... It's becoming more common. We do see, uh, again, there were all these scheduling agreements made 15 years ago or so when these middling teams or group of five teams were able to say, look, we're only giving you two home games if you come to our place. And now all those come to our places are coming due. Well, still, Illinois paid $1.1 million to lose to UTSA. Is it? No, we paid them $1.1 million to not go there and lose again. <laughs> we don't pay you to come here and beat us. We pay you to leave and not beat us again. Yeah, so... So it's a two-and-a-half-point line as we're recording this, and it's hard to know what to make of this one. Um, I certainly expect... Well, I mean, I expect Rutgers to... I expect Rutgers to win, because I think they're the better team. Yeah, if you I told expect them to, yeah. to have a higher kind of base of competency. I mean, Syracuse, you think of as having the ability to make explosive plays, but maybe you only think that because of what they were like four years ago. Yeah, it's been a while since they were the intriguing Dino Babers um, offense that everybody wanted some version of. I mean, nobody's talking about poaching Dino Babers from Syracuse. I'll put it that way. Well, back in 2015, we could have hired Dino Babers and then lost in 2021 to Rutgers anyway. We simply chose (laughs) another path to get to losing to Rutgers in 2021. Fates are ever predestined. Um, I wonder what the Cubit path to losing to Rutgers in 2021 is like. Like, I wonder who our coach is that loses to them this year. So now, now I know what you would do if you ever had the time stone. <laughs> well, because, honestly, uh, look back at all the names, like, oh, man, I wanted this guy. And really, for a lot of them, for the Illinois coaching searches, obviously the Illinois guy didn't work out because they never do. But neither the hell did any of the other guys that I wanted. So... True. Oh, there was just there. There was no path. Yeah, I feel good about where Mel Tucker's going, but it's obviously far from proven at this point. And if he doesn't work out, I'm always going to have one eye, one one sort of squinted, salty eye on Luke Fickle and see where his career goes from here. I honestly, I, I can't wish the guy well, given how he handled it. But anyway, enough talk about that. Um, to talk about other games with just laughable opponents. We mentioned Purdue going to UConn, and you, ju- you just squat- stepped all over the punchline. Uh, Randy Edsel announced earlier this week that he was going to be retiring after this season, calling it quits. Um, the bottom line thing that announced that also pointed out that after the loss to Holy Cross last week, or last weekend, he fell to, what, 8-32 in his current Six stint? 6-32 in his current stint at UConn. And a couple days after that, uh, the, fo- the follow-up story comes out. Actually, he has been dismissed effective immediately. So he's <laughs> he, th- he thought... I'm going to retire go- at the end of this year. The hell you are. Yeah, he thought after going 6-32 and in his second stint at a place 
that he had the ability to do the Chipper Jones, Derek Jeter farewell tour with all the teams they play. Well, remember that time we got sandblasted by Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl? <laughs> Good times, everybody. And then I used that to leave and then had to come crawling back because I was way in over my head. Remember when we produced Donald Brown and then Peyton Manning screamed at him? <laughs> God damn it, Donald! Yeah, so they, they told him to piss off right now when he announced an end-of-season retirement. Um, so Purdue will get to face an interim head coach of a terrible, terrible team on the road. Um, this is, that's when Jeff Brom's got to win, by the way. All the good feelings about beating a Power 5 opponent in Oregon State go away. If this game's even close, I think. Well, I tell you from experience that if you start the game by throwing a pick six, then you're probably going to drink an awful lot before the second quarter. I don't recommend doing that. Yeah. We get now into a couple games that, despite being Mac matchups, are actually a little bit more interesting. We're going to vary it up a little bit here before we go back to three more tomato cans. Ball State at Penn State. Now, a Mac team going to Happy Valley is not typically going to expect to come out with a win. It is worth pointing out that Ball State was pretty darn good last year. Drew Plitt was a really good quarterback. They have an excellent sort of slot-sized receiver in Justin Hall, who's coming back. And, of course, Johannes Tyler, who had eight touchdowns in a shortened max schedule last year. So they have a passing offense that could threaten Penn State a little bit. Their offensive line is going to be challenged by Penn State's front, and this is a defense that I would not expect Ball State to run on. But this is a, an opponent that could score some points on Penn State's defense and give them a little bit of consternation early on. Yep, their coach, uh, Mike New, was uh, one of guys in consecutive seasons who coached their first game against Illinois and had all of our fans going, damn, wish our team was coached by that guy. They seem to be able to execute the basics a lot better. Mm. And then uh, they both turned out to be pretty okay. The Kent State guy is the other one. So interesting to see his development um, as a head coach taking Ball State to a little bit more where they a little bit closer to, to where they were in the Keith Wenning era. This next matchup is going to be an interesting study, I think, on the butterfly effect, right? Because Buffalo at Nebraska, given the way this season has gone for Nebraska, would be intensely interesting if Lance Leopold was still there, hadn't left for Kansas and taken a handful of excellent starters with him. Um, so Buffalo is probably not a real threat to beat the Huskers on the road, but... They also return a pretty good quarterback in Kyle Van Treese. He was not a guy who had to throw a lot because with the one-two punch of Jarrett Patterson and Kevin Marks last year, Buffalo had very little need to throw the ball. They still have Marks. They still have Van Treese throwing it. Um, the defense is probably going to be pretty close to the best in the MAC again. I think they have like eight or nine starters back. They do have a new head coach in Mo Linguist, but a guy who's got a lot of coaching experience on the defensive side of the ball. Certainly... You want you match up with a very cunning head coach in linguist there on the other side. I was just waiting for you to. I, I hadn't put it on a tee for you, but you know what? I threw it kind of in your direction, trusting that you would come down with it. So I'm glad that you did. Um, three more tomato cans to get in here before we talk about the two Pac-12 opponents. Um, you have Eastern Michigan going to Wisconsin, despite last week's struggles on offense. That should not be a challenge for the Badgers. Idaho going to Indiana, ditto, and then Howard going to Maryland. And get, wasn't this the team that Maryland beat like 78 or 81 something nothing? It was. Ago? There's no line on this game. How do you agree to go there again? Don't you just say, hey, we'll just we'll get our money from somewhere yeah, else? You need money. I mean, <laughs> well, there's, everyone's looking for buy games. I mean, I guess 
Howard's in Maryland, right? Maybe it's a short drive or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. So three games you can presumably skip. If any of them are in doubt, approaching halftime, um, smack all the alarms you can hit. Now we'll talk about the interesting trifecta of games this week, in my opinion. We referenced earlier Washington at Michigan. The sizzle inevitably comes off a little bit when your then-ranked opponent loses to an FCS school and scores seven points. So this game could still be a race to 20 because Washington's defense is still pretty darn good. But Michigan's new-look defense should have no problem settling in here. Um, the Huskies' offensive line, despite having a lot of returning talent and like real, like a couple NFL prospects, they looked terrible against Montana, and it's really hard to figure out why. Likewise, their quarterback, Dylan Morris, looked like he had never seen pressure like in a live game situation before. I think he, he may only have been sacked once or twice last year. So it's hard to imagine that Washington sorts out all their offensive issues in the span of the week. They had a ton of attrition in their receiver group in the offseason, so that might be like a continuing issue. You you gotta like Michigan in this one a yeah. lot more oh, yeah. now. I mean, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like one that it would be a huge downer to lose, and it feels kind of like all they have to do is kind of play within themselves here. They don't need to do anything particularly interesting to win this game, in my opinion. Yeah, if they just, if they avoid getting cute with the play calling, that's not to say, by the way, they can just pound the rock, establish the run, control the line of scrimmage. No play. Cloud of dust. No, you can't do that against Washington. Play your actual offense. Even without Ronnie Bell, you have good receivers and a good enough quarterback to get them the ball. Just play your actual offense. Don't establish the run. This is not in a, a capital E, capital T, capital R, establish the run game. Um, but yeah, I, I would favor Michigan strongly in this, even if it was a neutral site, possibly even if they were going on the road. I say that knowing that trips to the West Coast never go well for Big Ten teams in the regular season. Other highlight matchup of the week, Oregon at Ohio State. Ducks struggled a little bit last week. They had an injury to their star defensive end, Kayvon Thibodeau. It sounds like he's going to play, but he could be limited. Um, Ohio State took a little while to take off, but their offense did hit a stride against Minnesota, a much poorer defensive team. What do you make of this one? I mean, I think that it's an interesting matchup of quarterbacks that are kind of inexperienced because uh, Oregon had a a very young dude win the job. Um, that was it was kind of a surprise, given that I believe, if I'm not mistaken, they had a transfer that they brought in. I'm making that up. Um, I don't recall if they had a transfer come in. I know Tyler Schiff, their presumed starter, transferred out, which was weird, but it happens. Um, Johnny Johnson the third had three receptions for 76 yards for them. Um, and, of course, one of my favorite safeties in our defensive player fantasy football league, John Johnson the third, John the son of John the son of John the son of John. Right. Uh, and so Anthony Brown figures to get the start for Oregon at quarterback, had a relatively low volume, low explosiveness. Again, they didn't have a great offensive game last week, um, but did manage to hang on to the win. Ohio State should be decisively favored in this, given that it's at home and they're a way better team. But Oregon's going to be the most talented opponent they see probably until Penn State, I would think. Oh, never mind. Anthony Brown uh, is 
Anthony Brown is, in fact, the transfer. Oh, is he? Okay. All right. No, I messed that all up. Well, I, I didn't know who you were Anthony talking Brown about either way. Former, so former uh, Boston College transfer. Oh, I remember that guy. Okay. All right. Yeah. You know, Anthony Brown, there could be a ton of them starting in college football. So Absolutely. Very forgettable name. Um, but yeah, the, this is a noon kickoff in terms of the... Uh, hold on, let me just... I was thinking of Ty Thompson, who they said may have gotten the inside track to start, but ultimately Anthony Brown took every snap. Sure. So, and and it, so that'll give... So then, that's a, a contrast to Styles because you have a, a guy that has been an effective game manager against a guy with the upside, not the least of which reasons because of the receivers in C.J. Stroud that's kind of coming into his own. And keep in mind also the fact that Oregon is traveling to the Eastern time zone for a noon kickoff, which means it's a 9 a.m. kickoff as far as they're concerned, as if things aren't stacked enough in Ohio State's favor. As it is, that said, in the noon time slate, you've got this. Um, you would be able to catch most of Illinois at Virginia. You have Youngstown State at Michigan State, Miami at Minnesota, and Indiana State at Northwestern. What else are you going to watch? Um, don't tell me something from in the non-conference. I don't care. That's not what we do here. <laughs> now, to wrap up, the best game of the week, presumably of the entire non-conference, possibly of the entire Big Ten season, for what I'm assuming without bothering to look, is definitely the first time in history. A top. Ten. Elastico! Absolutely. This is AssFest 2021. And, man, it certainly seems like everything is swinging in Iowa's favor as a much lesser Iowa team was an enormous thorn in the side of the Cyclones. They were 28.5 point favorites. I really thought about hammering that line for Northern Iowa and just... just Got a little gun shy, but sure enough, it was a six-point victory for the Cyclones, whereas Iowa very easily dispatched of Indiana. But you wonder just how vanilla was Iowa State keeping things? Because Northern Iowa is certainly not a team that should pose a threat to them. It's possible, but when you're in a game that close, don't at some point you, you start to... yeah, You're not worried about the hulking monster zombie down the block if there's one you know, crawling around and biting at your ankles. You have to take care of the immediate threat, even if it requires firing a yes, few more bullets. But, yes, but maybe then you switch to the shotgun, use one of your rounds of that, and then be done with it. It's like, well, I didn't want to have... I've only got, like, five rounds here with this. I didn't want to have to use this. I was hoping to get away with using this as a knife. Yes, I'm thinking of Resident Evil 4, and uh, yes, if, if MSU is somehow terrible by Halloween, we're totally making you play that game. Very stressful. I, do, I don't want to be stressed out when I play a video game. That's just that's not what I do for fun. I, I want to worry about not being able to fire my bullet in a video game. You know, fire my gun in a video game. Um, but yeah, look, on paper, excellent game here. You've got Brock Purdy, Brees Hall, Star Power, and Iowa State side for once. How does that go? Iowa that looks like a defensive, one of the more cohesive defensive machines you've seen last week, even with a number of new starters. An offense that was good enough. This does have a feeling of one of those games in the teens, I think. Or am I wrong to think that? I think turnovers could keep it there. Um, I mean, of course, one of the other underrated aspects of this is we've seen Matt Campbell with the tendency to now, the emerging tendency 
to lose his shit on the sidelines. And that could be a really funny thing to see here. Um, I don't know how they're going to top the finish from a few years ago when uh, dudes ran into each other returning a punt. But <laughs> Was he the coach there at that point? Or he was. Okay. So, so he's, he's responsible for that, I guess. <sighs> Man, I really don't know what, what to make because you think about all this offensive firepower that uh, Iowa State should in theory have and then the fact that their defense really has been um, a model of keeping enough things in front of you that you can hang in a game with an Oklahoma or something like that. So the thing is, that's what their defense is designed to be good against. That's got nothing to do with Iowa. Yeah. Right? That's Iowa is very, very different than, than what they've kind of designed their defense around the ability to... Dude, right. but kind of Texas wants to do something a little more Iowa-ish, so, you know, who knows? Yeah, and, you know, the good news about watching these games, about spending your whole afternoon on them, is there's not a whole lot else out there. I'm looking up and down the schedule. Here's a few other potential items of interest to me. I wonder if you agree. Um, I see Texas at Arkansas. Yeah. I see Appalachian State at Miami. By the way, I love that we're claiming Texas back because they beat Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> yeah. Hot damn. Yeah. How the how the standards for back have fallen. I see also the Holy War. Utah the Holy War. at BYU. With a 10-15 kickoff. Consistently one of the best rivalry games. I mean... That's also one by the time where the hatred is the most real. By the time it's over, it's going to be closing time on the East Coast, so it'll, you'll feel like you're just watching a bar fight where everybody's in football helmets. Absolutely. But in this case, it's a sober bar fight. The most terrifying of bar fights. <laughs> you think about the implications of why there would be such a thing. It just... I, I, I wouldn't want... I, I would like to watch and not be anywhere near it. Your source for Big Ten Cog, it's off tackle, Empire!